Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 17 of Control Issues. On this episode, I sat down with Taylor Houchins. Taylor Houchins is a licensed psychotherapist, and we talked about EMDR therapy and other modalities of trauma therapy and just therapy in general. Um, Taylor works with a lot of incredible men who are on their journey to reconnecting with their hearts. Um, A term kind of used is uh, healthy masculinity, and I thought it would be great to hear his perspective. It was an incredible episode. Um, We both were very amped up to get vulnerable and talk about our therapy journeys or his process as being a therapist. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please like and follow the Control Issues Facebook page to tune in for our Tuesday tapings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time of the Control Issues podcast. And you can keep updated about Control Issues, see inspirational messages. Uh, I touch base sometimes on concepts that I'm going through um, by following the Instagram page, which is now at Control Issues Podcast. Um, And if you have any feedback on any of the episodes, if you'd like to suggest a guest or volunteer a guest, um, send me a DM. Shoot it to me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can send me an email to controlissues19 at gmail.com. I'm ever grateful for those who continue to listen to the podcast or join on Facebook Live. Next week's guest is going to be a podcasting guru of sorts. Um, Troy Abrams will be joining episode 18, which is going to be taped on mm, July 1st. Holy cow, it's already almost July. July 1st, which is a Tuesday. No, I totally lied. I can't do math. On June the 30th. Oh man, it has been one heck of a year. I can't keep track with anything. So yeah, Troy Abrams will be joining me on June the 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. You may see a little bit of changes in some programming. I might tape some things ahead of time, but still post them on Tuesday evenings, the video recording for that. Um, So thanks for listening. I hope you all are well and are going into your 4th of July week knowing how much you are loved and recognized and seen and heard. So have a wonderful day and enjoy the episode. All right. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 17? Yeah, I think this is episode 17 of Control Issues. I can't even keep up um, at this point because I've been back at it and I'm so grateful to be able to do this. Um, I had a long day at work. I drove an hour down to noon in Georgia and then an hour back up. Um, So by the time I got home, I really just wanted to lay on the couch, but here we are. Um, So welcome to episode 17, I believe it is. Um, This is Taylor. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name so I don't mess it up? Houchins. Houchins. Okay, yeah. that was my guess. Um, nice. <laughs> so Taylor is here with me. We are socially distant in different parts of the state of Georgia. Um, but to plug my podcast just a little bit before we start, um, thank you for tuning in. If you're here, please feel free to ask questions. Um, Taylor has an incredible couple of topics to bring to the table. So definitely get those questions in. If you're listening after the fact on Spotify or iTunes, when the episodes drop on Mondays, um, you can send me a DM on Instagram at Control Issues Podcast or on Facebook, follow the Control Issues Facebook page or send me an email or send me a carrier pigeon I will answer any question you have. Um, so yeah, this is Taylor. Um, I don't know Taylor very well. I've heard glowing reviews from a very close friend of mine, Kim Barron. Go listen to her episode. Um, I follow him on Instagram and I checked out an episode of a podcast he was on and cannot wait to talk about this topic. My viewership is apparently predominantly male, so we're going to get vulnerable and weird, guys. But this is Taylor. (laughs) Taylor lives in North Carolina in Durham. And fun fact, apparently Taylor and I marched in the band at UGA at the same time and don't know each other. Let's go dogs. (laughs) Go dogs. You probably do. I was blonde back then and really loud. Nothing has changed other than the hair. (laughs) So if you're out there and you're one of my fellow uh, friends from the band, the Red Coat Band, good times, right? Um, So anyway, uh, Taylor, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Um, Maybe give some of your professional resume. What do you do? Let's let's get the fish Um, (laughs) in my tank top here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so my name is Taylor Halchins. I'm currently residing in Durham, North Carolina. Um, for my profession, I'm a licensed psychotherapist. Um, I predominantly work with trauma, 
and men with trauma. And uh, I use a couple modalities, um, somatic experiencing and EMDR, which stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And um, basically helping individuals integrate their trauma into mm -hmm. their uh, experience um, to heal and um, turning it into a gift, into a superpower. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Aside from working with individuals, I'm also working with groups. And um, before the pandemic, I uh, was doing some men group, men's groups and we were meeting together uh, in a cool yurt out in the woods and, and just uh, having a, a men's circle. And um, it's just not something that's too common these days. So uh, I really wanted to create some brotherhood in my community. And uh, so now that um, the virus is uh, out and about, we've moved everything over to Zoom and uh, it's going well. So I've got a couple projects going where I just have like a Sunday men's group that we meet that's uh, was a bunch of the local guys. And then I also have uh, a once a month gathering that's open to anyone um, on the planet actually. And that's called uh, Brother Hang. And that's uh, once a month. And um, that's been going well. And that's me and uh, other four or five other facilitators. And uh, oh, I think wow. the last call, we had about 40 guys come on. And, and uh, it, was, it was really cool. Yeah, everyone, that, everyone loves it. That sounds so cool. Did uh, do most of the people come from that, of that 40? Were most of them from North Carolina? Or did you get some people from around the country? Yeah, I would say uh, 20 out of the 40 were from North Carolina. Uh, there's me and, and two other of the facilitators are in North Carolina. So we're reaching out to our communities. And then there's another guy in Costa Rica and then another guy in um, Canada that are facilitators as well. And um, so we're just kind of blasting down social media and um, mm -hmm. you know we've have guys from Australia guys from Russia Japan that are joining and yeah it's it's just any, anyone who's wants to join is welcome to that's like a huge meshing of all kinds of different communities and I'm sure different perspectives um, so in recovery they're like we're in a 12-step program most 12-step programs do not have an opinion on outside issues meaning that um, if you have a mental health thing of any kind um, the program has no opinion on whether or not you go see a therapist but this is not the program this is my podcast and i have an opinion on whether or not you go see a therapist mm -hmm. um i think often therapy is uh where people go with issues that should have gone to therapy have helped facilitate um but i'm a huge proponent for therapy um i suffer or suffer maybe suffer is not the right word i actually have really embraced it i have borderline personality disorder i also have an eating disorder i'm a heroin addict i got a whole big bunch of bag of fun stuff um and i see a trauma therapist and i have actually done emdr cool was life-changing awesome but, but before we talk about that because i kind of want to discuss that a little bit What's the other modality you do, you do? Somatic, could you talk about that? Cause I don't know what that is. Yeah, somatic experiencing. Um, and that's working with the sensation in the body. So okay. um, trauma is the bound energy that gets stuck in our nervous system from the traumatic event. So mm -hmm. trauma isn't what happened. It's the energy that's left in you. That's the actual what is what trauma is. Because two people can have the exact same experience happen to each of them. But okay. one person may be affected and may still suffer from it. And while one person you know, got out fine. Um, and so what I'm working with is the the energy that's stuck. And mm -hmm. so um, <clears throat> let's say for instance um, someone was uh, on their riding their bike and then all of a sudden a car like comes out of the right side and they want to protect themselves, but it's just too late. And then the car hits them and they fall on the ground. And um, so they get up and um, you know, let's say they're relatively fine and, and they're going on with their life and they're noticing that they're starting to have maybe some like insomnia or they may start to develop like a, a rash or 
They might start to just have anxiety throughout the day. You know, these symptoms can really show up in uh, very unique ways for each person. And so now they say, okay, I need to go check this out. Something's weird. And they go into therapy and they see me. And so what I'm going to do is I'll listen to their story, uh, get a sense of what's going on, and then ask them, like, all right, so you know, what are you noticing in your body right now? And this may – often what I find is that um, – we're not really taught to uh, be in this kind of healthy relationship with our body and with our nervous system. It's just not really part of like our culture and like part of like growing up. We don't know like what embodied, what even that word means a lot of the right. time. Um, and especially when I'm asking men to be like, yo, let's go into your body. It's just like, uh, right. <laughs> How about not? So that's been a, a challenge. Um, and so so over time, basically, we're going to go in and and what is most likely going to happen is the, is the more time we're in therapy together and the more skilled that this individual is getting at uh, noticing uh, their body and the sensations in it, um, he may start to notice that there's like, there's like a movement that wants to happen over here on this right side that, that didn't get to happen, right? And so basically there's a fight or flight response that happens to all mammals when threat enters our environment, mm -hmm. right? And if we can't fight back or if we can't flee, then we go into freeze. And then that's where that energy, that fight or flight energy gets stuck. And so it's, let's say it gets stuck right there and it wants to move. And all we're going to do is just like create some space for it to do what it needed to do at the time. And, and oftentimes the person is like, what the hell is going on? This is weird. And I'm just like, no, 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 let it do its thing. Just like, let it move through you. Right. And then so it starts to like move and shake and then it wants to move. And, and so we're just allowing it to do what it wants to do and not trying to like take control of the situation, but just be a channel for the trauma to release. I love that. Maybe I need to talk to my therapist and be like, hey, I heard about this thing. Um, that's incredible. And it's so hard when you come from a traumatic situation to be able to embrace the vulnerability that needs to happen, right? To be able to talk about a situation and to be comfortable. And I can only imagine what it's like to be a male and be in that situation or, or to identify as a male. And um, we're in a society that teaches us to be a certain way. And it's my favorite thing in the world to buck that system um, and not, I'm a huge feminist. It's not news to anyone who's listening but I can't imagine what it's like to be a man and someone sit down and be like, I want you to tell me about this experience and you might cry and that's okay or whatever. I don't know. I've not been, I just know my experience. I don't even like to cry, but now I cry at everything because one time my therapist was like, Hey, we're going to practice like being okay with crying. And it's not, you're not weak if you cry. And then all of a sudden I cry at like Publix commercials and everything, because now I have all these feelings that I held inside of me for 25 years. Um, mm -hmm. So how did you get into all of this? Did you go to college and want to be a therapist and then just dive into this form and working with men primarily? Or was there something that kind of pushed you in a direction toward healthy masculinity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I answer that, I think you raised a really good point when you were talking about your experience of going into therapy and your therapist saying like, it's okay to cry. And um, yeah, if there are any, any brothers, any guys listening right now, um, going to therapy can be intimidating. It can be scary and it's just not promoted in our culture. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and so the, the, the thing I want to say to you is props to you if you decide to like take that vulnerable step to ask for help. Um, like power to you, brother. Like that's not an easy step. And I see you and I acknowledge you and I honor you. And if you have like anything that you want to talk about that, um, like reach out and like message me or 
Um, the first thing that I say when, when a new client comes in, I just say like, hey, I just want to acknowledge the fact that you're reaching out for help. You're asking for help right now. You're not, you're not saying I can do it alone. Right. Like, I'm going to just like, I'm going to just take care of it myself. Like this whole like lone wolf paradigm is, is over guys. Like it's like, it's not about like toughing it out and like, and we need each other. Like whether that's just one-on-one -on -one, me and you in the therapy room or whether that's in like this brotherhood circle, like we're all here to support one another and asking for help does not mean you're weak. Actually vulnerability is like true courage. Shout out Brene Brown. Oh, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, it really is true courage, but it's hard to break out of the, um, this box that society puts us in. But from my personal experience, the minute that I was able to ask for help, whether it be going to therapy or asking for help, the hardest one was with my eating disorder. Um, it was the, it was so freeing, super scary. Right. And I debated not going back to either of them or a meeting, my first meeting, the first time, um, I went to my therapist, um, cause she was something I hadn't experienced before. I've been in therapy since I was, I was six. Um, but if you're on the fence and like, ah, oh, maybe I don't, I don't have a problem or I don't need help or I don't want to meet with another dude or another woman or whatever. Um, what's it going to kill you one hour, right? Give it a chance and then go from there. Take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's hey, you can, yeah, you can always try it once. And then if it's not your bag, then like back out. But I will say that like finding the right personality fit in your therapist is huge. So like, don't just try one and then be like, it didn't work. Now I'm throwing it out. Like yeah. I, sometimes I'll, I'll go find one. And I'll be like, mm, you got, all, you, you look great on paper, but like, I'm just not jiving with you. So like, I'm going to go find a different personality fit because it takes it. The relationship is huge. Like mm -hmm. to be able to feel safe and to be like, okay, this person, I, I like this person. I'm having a good, and then we start to be able to like let some walls down when we can trust. So yeah, yeah, finding the person you, it's kind of like dating in a sense, right? If, yeah. If the first person you dated didn't work out, then we'd all be single. Um, some of, I mean, I'm single, but still, I still keep trying, right? Um, yeah. My first therapist that I saw from like six, all throughout high school in my early 20s, I did not jive with her. But that's the therapist that my parents had given me, and that's where I went. And so I wasn't very honest with her. I didn't talk to her about how I was feeling. I did enough. Um, and then I felt like she violated my trust with some things that was shared to my parents that they didn't need to know. I wasn't harming anyone. They, I wasn't harming myself. So when I came back into the rooms this time to get sober right beforehand, my parents made me go to therapy. And I'm so glad that I found someone where I really connected with and I'm able to be 100% honest with her. I scare her sometimes because I'm very honest. And she's this cute little woman who has had very different experiences than I have in her life. Um, but if you don't like your therapist, find another one. Don't stop therapy. Maybe just stop that one therapist. Um, give it a chance. What's it like? Like I said, what's it going to kill you? A couple of hours. Um, I mean, skip. I don't know, however much money it's going to cost. I don't know, skip a bunch of Starbucks that month or something. But <laughs> um, so you do EMDR. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I hate it and love it all at the same time, but you're a professional, so you can probably describe it better. And yeah. What for. yeah, there's actually a new EMDR that's just come out recently that is called safe EMDR, which means somatic and attachment focused EMDR. So it includes the somatic part, the body part, like the sensations that are being stuck. And it also includes like attachment, which means our, like how are we um, uh, attached to our primary caregivers as children? Do we have a secure attachment with them or do we have an insecure attachment? Do we have an avoidant attachment? And so <clears throat> there's uh, there's more of, a, of an intake process in the beginning and before we actually go into the, the eye movement part. Um, and so in this uh, information collecting stage in the beginning, what we're doing is we're assessing for what's called your answer. And everyone has one answer for sure, 
it's a significant one, but 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 several. And what and what the answer is is like the answer to how we stayed safe and connected to our caregivers as we were children. So uh, not many of us grow up in a in a home where we can be our complete authentic self constantly. Right. Or we go to school and we can be our complete authentic self or we're in our friend group and we can be our complete. We usually um, in some way get told like there's something that we're doing authentic authentically. That's not OK. That's not bad. That's not good. And so then we have to change that authentic part of ourself in order to maintain that love and connection with the most important people in our life. Right. Um, and that can be as simple as like coming home in third grade and you get always in one B on your report card and your mom's like, Oh, what happened with this B? Bam. Done. Did you just share a story from third grade for me? Cause that sounds exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I was doing a little bit of uh research, research on you before I, I was like, what am I getting into? Let me see what Zora's about. So I called some peeps and you talked to Tori, didn't you? I talked um, to Tori. Yes. Tori gave me the scoop. So she I was just, like, I'm going to violate HIPAA. I'm sorry to take away from that. I just felt super <laughs> like if you guys could feel my face right now, I'm like, how, how did he know? All right, carry on, please finish. Cause I'd like to hear more about this. Right. So then it, then it's like, it's not okay for me to get a B. Like mm -hmm. I need, I need always, I have to have high standards. I have to meet them. Or else, like, I'm going to lose my connection with my mom or with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, like, this is, and, and so, bam. Now, my, one of my answers is to um, tie my worth with productivity or tie my worth to my achievement. And if I get this, I'm a good girl. If I get this, I'm a good boy. Um, and so, what we do, what, what Francine Shapiro, the, creator of EMDR has been uh, noticing, and, 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 and Deb, Deb King, I think is her name, she's, she's killing it with um, creating this new EMDR. What they're noticing is <clears throat> we'll have these, these protection responses that mm -hmm. show up as we're doing the EMDR. And the, the answer will pop up. So it'll, it'll be like, it won't let us really go into the the deep deep won't it won't let us go into the pain and that's what the answer is there to do right it's there to keep us safe and so we we figure out what that is because it's gonna show up naturally without conscious effort it's naturally going to show up in the emdr process when we get close to pain so as i'm going deeper with a client i may see something around the lines of like, uh, you know, we'll do a, a set of eye movements and then uh, he'll mm -hmm. say, I'll say, what are you noticing? And he'll say, I'm um, just wondering if I'm doing a good job. And then I'll be like, oh, boom. Is this tied to what we talked about earlier? And uh, he'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, beautiful. Let's just, let's just let that be there. Right. And we, right. And, and we wanna, we wanna embrace the answer because it's, it's served us. It's kept us safe. It's protected us. We don't want to push it away. We don't want to deny it, but we want to, we want to love it. We want to say, Hey, you know what? You can be right here with me. I'm going to let you be here. Mm -hmm. and, and when we do that, it doesn't have to work as hard anymore. It softens. It says, okay. And then we're able to like go in a little bit deeper and then a, a thought or an old memory will come up that has been like suppressed and or a new emotional surge or a new connection will be made so that's a brief uh, not not brief <laughs> uh, <laughs> no it's great yeah um, um, I, as i'm talking about it, i'm like all right you know how many people are gonna actually still be listening to this nerdy shit uh <laughs> even if they aren't um i'm super on board okay. um, therapy has saved my ass so many times. Me um, too. The 12-step program that I participate in, it really did save my life. Um, 
but it was important for me to recognize that like, so going through the steps, when you get to four and five, you start to write inventory. And then from there you find out your character defects and you make amends, blah, blah, blah. And in four and five, you learn a lot of false belief systems about yourself. Like you hit the nail on the head with one of my biggest ones. If I do X, Y, or Z, I will be worthy, right? Like I have to earn my love from people. And it started with my parents and then it stems into every relationship in my life. And I could recognize that with the steps, which is why they're so important. Um, they really do. It's, they have saved my life. But I needed a therapist, a trained professional who knew how to do EMDR or knew how to talk me through things to learn like why, where did this come from, right? Because all I knew at the time was like, I just need people yeah. to love me if I do enough, if I show up and I make enough birthday cupcakes and if I show up to every event and if I remember every front one's favorite color, like they'll just love me more. So we found out where did that come from and then opened up the door for my self-esteem stuff. So, you know, it's an ever fun, not really fun. I love my therapist, but she must think I hate her because I cry every time I <laughs> see when I walk in, but it's because it's just a lot of work. It's 25 years of uh, sorted things of self-esteem issues and trauma and, you know, disorders and addiction and all that. And it's a lot to deal with. And I only get one hour a week. Um, so I love what you're doing. I, I, I really liked your explanation, um, partly because you just brought up the biggest one <laughs> that I deal with. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I'm the only one that deals with that. So right. do you see any um, clients that suffer from um, like not to talk about them. <laughs> Kim's like, I'm sorry, I didn't eat the birthday cupcakes you made me. Yeah, they were gluten-free and they were nasty. No, but I love you, Kim. It's fine. <laughs> I made her all these cupcakes and all did all this stuff for her birthday and she like ghosted on me. Oh, um, oh you went through all that effort and yeah, Kim, but, Kim just shut it down. But it taught me something really important and she and I had a conversation about it afterward and it was another, like when I wrote inventory about it, this is not about Kim, this is about the situation, right? Like, why did I do that? Was it because I care about Kim or was it because I was trying to earn her love? And it was both, mm. but it's important to recognize when does it become more about trying to earn someone's love? Yeah. Um, so not to like, I don't know how, like, I'm sure we can do this without talking about someone specifically um, mm -hmm. and I don't want to violate HIPAA at all. Mm. Um, but do you see anyone who suffers from suffers is the wrong word. I hate that word. Experiences. I feel, yeah. Experiences. Thank you. I can't think well, of any I'll, other I'll, You know, it's okay to, to, to say suffer too, because that, that is what it is. Yeah. It, it, you know, we, it, so I think what you're trying to get at is, is like, does, if, if we say suffer, does it bring us into being like a victim? Right. And, yes. that, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It's like, you know, I can, I can suffer. Like suffering is real and mm -hmm. it, it, it can be a thing. So. And yeah. suffering definitely uh, at times makes more sense for what I go through. Sometimes I suffer from my eating disorder. Like it mm -hmm. feels like suffering to me uh, comes with pain and agony and remorse mm -hmm. and guilt and all that. Um, but do you work with anyone who experiences alcoholism or addiction and, um, do you feel like it helps them a lot to be in therapy? I don't know. From oh. a therapist perspective, oh, what do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, totally. So um, I've worked with an individual who um, has uh, suffered from alcoholism for a long time, and there was an extreme amount of disempowerment there. And um, we worked on the um, the addiction piece, trying to manage it for a while, and it just wasn't getting anywhere. Right. And so, and this was during um, my training in becoming a trauma therapist. And so, as I'm learning about it, I'm working with him, and I'm like, you know what? Let's shift to something deeper here. And so, we go through the EMDR questionnaire, and um, what we do is we find a negative core belief, and um, I think it's, uh, I'm unworthy was what we came down to. And then I'm like, okay, what's the time you can remember feeling that? What's the memory you can, it's like 
you remember feeling I'm unworthy. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like a couple of years ago, this thing happened. Or what's an earlier time? All right, well, then in like fifth grade, this thing happened. What's an earlier time? Well, like kindergarten, this thing happened. What's an earlier time? And some people are like, wow. are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, keep going. And, and so he was like, well, it's not really like a, I don't really have like a, a feeling around it, but it's something that my mom told me one time that like, like they didn't mean to have me. And so like, kind of kind of like had this little thing in the background where I felt like um, I'm an accident mm. and um, and I just was just quiet and, and, and let him and let him say that and um, gave him some silence and I was like is anything showing up for you there and he's like yeah I kind of feel like I want to cry a little bit and and so uh, that's where uh, that's that's called the touchstone memory okay. right yeah. And so that's that's the nugget that we're going to work with, and um, and start to do the EMDR around, and so actually we're in that process right now. So that's awesome. We're 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 about to start that. Yeah, it's it's about to get really juicy with this person. Oh, I like oh get juicy. It's like a, a friend of mine out in Arizona says, "Oh, it's going to get spicy." I like yeah. that one too. Uh -huh. um, yeah. I. I love that you talked about the touchstone memory um, because that was really hard for me to accept was, I mean, I knew it was fact. I knew that the, or some, a lot of it was feeling, but um, once we got to that point with a certain situation for me that involved my biological father, um, I was like, <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. We're not going to address that further. We're just going to stop right here. And it was hard for me a little bit to accept what was going on and be like, okay, I'm willing to continue to work on this with fall. Like, like my therapist essentially had her hand stretched out to me and I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to take it, but I did. So, um, if you are going through an intensive version of therapy or you're unraveling the trauma and peeling back those layers, just give it time it's worth it to keep going. Um, it's not fun, but no one ever said this shit was going to be fun. <laughs> so, uh, so no, yeah, it's, it's not fun, but what is fun is like healing it and feeling better and right. stepping more into your authentic self and like who you're meant to be and mm -hmm. stepping into your potential. And it wasn't fun at first for me, but I've, I've like gained a positive association with it now. Yeah. It's like, I know that like when I go see my therapist and I do my work and I go in and I feel my pain and I cry a little bit that like I come out the other end and I'm like, I feel lighter. Let's go. Yeah. Let's tackle the day, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Woo! <laughs> I, I love that. I don't. I don't feel that way yet. I'm hoping it'll happen. I've been <laughs> oh, yeah. in therapy for like, I mean, I've been in therapy for a long time, but for three solid years of like actually doing the work, I feel really bad. I probably own immense to my parents for wasted money for so many years. Um, but nonetheless, here we are. So um, can we talk about healthy masculinity? Sure. This is what I've been waiting to talk about all day. Yeah. Um, so for all you dudes out there, Put dude down your bros. Yeah, dude bros. I love it. Um, guys, pals, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Brothers, mm -hmm. put down your phone. Pay attention. Taylor's going to talk about healthy masculinity. I love it. I love this topic. More what people a, need to talk about this. Yeah, what a setup. Better not fuck this one up now. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so I don't even think healthy masculinity is a thing. I think if there's just masculinity and then there's men who are disconnected from their hearts. Ooh. And because there are so many of us that are disconnected from our hearts, then now this term healthy masculinity has arisen. But it's, it's just a lot of us bros who, <clears throat> uh, we, we, we get, we get, we get programs. Um, we get, told to be a certain way by parents, by kids at school, by commercials, by magazines, by TV, like it's everywhere. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, a, I would say a phenomenon that like, I am promoting on my social media pages and with my client base 
like this work that I'm doing where it's like, there's guys coming together. We're gonna have a men's circle and all of you is accepted. All of you is welcome here. There's no part of you that's gonna be rejected, shunned. This is a space for whatever you wanna bring, that's welcome. And there aren't that many guys that show up. Mm. And it, the programming runs deep. Programming runs deep. It runs so deep that I had a friend say, yeah, dude, I see you posting about this stuff, but like, <clears throat> I kind of feel like it's a cult. Like you're, you're like, you're like, like a cult leader. I, I just don't, I just don't know like what's going on. I don't know like what you're doing, like, mm. you know? I, and, and I'm worried that I'm going to get into a situation that if I do join, I'm going to hop on and I'm going to be forced to do something I don't like, or I'm going to be put in an right. uncomfortable situation. Um, and so I guess, yeah, to all the brothers out there that are like seeing any kind of men's circles pop up in their feed, um, hearing about it or seeing me post about it. Dude, it feels so bad to be rejected. And this is not what this is about. During my, during my experience in doing men's work, the tipping point for me was we were we were in our circle. We were all it was about twenty of us. We were all sitting on the ground and we were just checking in. We're going in and going around, and we get you know a few minutes to just talk about like what's what's real and what's present. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I, I have been really struggling with unworthiness, deep unworthiness, and really stepping into my king, stepping into my worthiness, and. I'm listening to all these guys go around and they're like, yeah, I'm doing pretty well, blah, 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 this, this, this. And, and the whole time I'm there, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm like mm -hmm. as good as these guys. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to be here. Like, I don't, I, I want the facilitators to like notice me. I, want them, <laughs> I, I, I really want them to be like, hey man, you're a cool dude. And like, they're not. And I'm just like, I'm a piece of shit. And so it gets to be my turn and I'm like, all right, do I talk about like what's real for me? Because, mm -hmm. like, the eight guys who have gone before me are just talking about positive shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here. Do the damn thing. And right. so I'm like, I'm Taylor. I'm checking in. Like, to be honest, I'm not feeling good. And I've been, like, trying to, like, force myself to, like, say something positive. Just, like, keep up with the rest of the group. But, like, that's not real for me. And, like, I don't feel like I... I'm good enough to be here and whew, and I and I so I got done saying that and then I was like scanning the room to see like who was gonna judge me mm -hmm. and then and then a lot of the guys were just like nodding just like waiting for me to continue just like right. holding holding space holding like non-judgmental accepting space and and there was silence i was like waiting for maybe someone to like even respond or like interject right. and, and one of the ground rules is like there's no chiming in this is like you you let each man get everything off of his chest before you ch interject and so i'm like oh, i guess i still got the floor <laughs> well i'm gonna keep going with it so i just like i just kept going and i kept being real and and then i got to a point where like my body was like, dude, just fucking cry now. Just mm -hmm. go ahead and cry, man. And like, I really felt safe enough that these guys were really just gonna hold space for me to be me, whatever that looked like. And so like, I couldn't really help it. It was almost like my nervous system finally felt safe enough to be like, you can let go now. You can, you're not, it's safe. These guys aren't gonna hurt you. Like, you can, and so I, I did. I just like started <laughs> and it just like came and I just like let it go. Just like tears started going and I put my hands in my, my, my head, my hands, and I just started rocking and crying. And um, I'm imagining all of them like just like looking at me and more of that judgment coming in. And I finally like wipe my tears and I just look up and, and so many of them are smiling. Just like, we see you, brother. Yeah. It was fucking, yes, you're doing the work. And I'm like, y'all are still here. And they just like all like erupted laughter. Like, of course we are. Right. And, and so, 
and so basically one of the guys just says can we just invite you to the middle and we're gonna we're all just gonna surround you and just like put our hand on you and tell you that we see you and we love you and it was one of the most healing experiences of my life this is to get together with with a bunch of men who were all, we're all just like accepting each other for whatever we got well you're all human beings who have emotions right yeah. I, I don't I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. I'm not a therapist, nor do I play one on TV. But I don't think that just because uh, we have a little bit of different chromosomes that things are that far off, right? I think that a lot of it comes from society, right? A man is supposed to do X. A woman is supposed to do Y. And there's no if, or I guess I probably should have flipped those two if we're going to go with some kind of <laughs> funny thing. Um, right. But, you know, and these are the roles they live in. And the minute that people deviate from that whether it's you know like me and i i push the societal boundaries of being a feminist and wanting to have equal rights and wanting to work in a male dominated field and i i love a lot of things that would not be very cool for a lady um i do love to cook but like i don't want anyone to ever tell me to submit to my husband and get in the kitchen or when a man shows emotion and has empathy and cares for someone else, especially if it's another man. Um, society's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You've just done something we don't know how to process. So I think it's incredible that you're having this safe space for men to come together, be vulnerable, be courageous, and really start to connect with their hearts so that it can be talked about, right? Women didn't get the the ability to vote without someone talking about it first, right? Like. I don't know, pick any other thing that's happened in history. It started with a bunch of people having a conversation and doing something that maybe made other people uncomfortable. And then eventually people realize like, this is humanity, right? Mm -hmm. What you're talking about sounds like humanity. Like I want in on that circle, not with all the dudes. I want to get a bunch of ladies together. And like, honestly, like from my experience, women get scared to do that as well, right? Be vulnerable. Um, I've talked about it on this podcast before and with many other people. I'm like, I didn't like women coming in to the rooms this time. I still struggle sometimes with my relationships with women because I'm like, you're judging me. You're looking at me for how I look, how I talk, what I'm doing, you know, what's my status of a relationship? Do I have a kid? Do I, what's my job? Like all these things that really they probably aren't really, they're probably just sitting on their phone, flipping through TikTok until I'm done talking. So <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, so that's great. If someone is listening and wanted to get involved with the um, the meeting you do once a month where it is from anyone around the world, how would they do that? There's a Facebook page called The Brother Hang. You can also just message me directly. You can type my name in, Taylor Houchins, on Facebook or Instagram. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I can link you to that group and also, like, a lot of other resources, too. Uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. Sacred Sons out in California is an organization that has changed my life and really helped me step into more of my authenticity. Like figure out like like really like who I am, what I'm meant to be, what's my purpose on this earth uh, in this lifetime. And um, yeah, so I've I've really uh, received a lot of healing from those guys, and um, I'm just paying it forward, and I've tasted it, and I and I want other men to experience it as well. Um, it's our birthright. So, amen to that. So get in touch with Taylor. Um, you said brother, hang like we're hanging out, right? Um, yeah, we're. Okay. Uh, to be honest, to be I guess really frank, we're in the process of. Uh, questioning whether or not that's a uh, appropriate name given the um, the you know, everything all the racism that's that's uh, showing up I've had a couple people reach out to us um, yeah outside of the group that have been like hey we're not, we're not so sure about this name um, so that's 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 real. I mean this in a in a humorous way. You could call it dude chill, kind of like everyone <laughs> who's ever told a woman to to just chill, because that works, folks. Um, oh my god! Just chill out. I I almost fought a fifty-something year old man in an AA or it wasn't AA in 
a fellowship related service thing because they continued to tell me to calm down in a group message. And I was like, I will come through this phone at you. Um, yeah, so, so that, that, that's a man who hasn't stepped fully into his masculine. Because if, if I can provide a quick metaphor, yes, do, we have, do, we have, do we have time for that? Yeah, we have time. If you've got time, okay. I've got time. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, it's great. I'm having a great time. All right. So the canal or the riverbed is the masculine, but the water that flows through it is the feminine. Right. And so, you know, a lot of the times, men, we are in some sort of relationship with, uh, with women or you know, I, 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 want, I don't want to get caught up in, in doing the men-woman thing because, yeah. you know, men can be in relationship with men and there can still be a masculine-feminine dynamic, women and women, masculine and feminine dynamics. So uh, for simplicity purposes, I'm going to use men and women, but I'm not discriminating against you. Yeah, we're very much so this on this podcast in support of however you identify, whatever you feel, LGBTQ, all of that amen, I'm a part of one of those letters. And so um, just know that if you do not fit into the cisgender words, that's not a, I don't think that's what you mean here. I think like, mm -hmm. we're just going to use them, but mm -hmm. we love you no matter what it is. So mm -hmm. carry on. Thank you for mm -hmm. my little, <laughs> my plug. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, and so when a man says like, just chill, he doesn't have the ability to hold space for the wildness in the feminine, for the, for the flow, for the ever-changingness, for the storm that can be in the feminine. Um, right. And so what helps the feminine really feel safe is for that masculine to be this container, to be this strong structure for the feminine to say, you know what, I can fucking get wild, I can get, and are you still gonna hold space for me? Are you still gonna right. be there? And and be present and be be this 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 point of of solidarity that's that's not going to move. And, and are you going to pass the test, basically? And when when men are like, yeah, stop doing that, just chill. You know, they don't have the capacity to be mm -hmm. able to to hold that. Right. And oh. and and that's what's that's there's a lot of that going going around, and. And they also haven't met themselves deep enough to be able to um, hold space for the feminine to be able to uh, have a, an emotional reaction, go hysterical, mm -hmm. cry, right? So, so one of my friends, he gets nervous when his wife cries because he's like, what do I do? What do I do? Right. And I'm just like, bro, you don't do anything. You just, you just hold the space. Like you, you, you stay right there. You let it happen. Um, so embrace her, right? Or embrace whatever's going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so one of my favorite quotes is we can only meet others as deeply as we've met ourselves." And so in the therapeutic process, that's, I, I guide men into meeting deeper and deeper and deeper parts of themselves. Yeah. And then you're able to now meet the world and see the world from that place. So the, the, the deeper we, we go in here, the more, right. the, the deeper we can be in relationship with the world and the feminine. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We won't, you can't meet anyone in this world. Uh, even, even if you're a man, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You're a bear. Well, I don't know. Find a platypus. I don't know. Um, <laughs> something it's in this mentorship class that I took, that was, there were so many things that I learned from it without continuing on it. Cause I had some issues with some of the Bible stuff. Mm. Um, but hey, it shaped my current spiritual journey. And so I'm grateful for it. But um, they talked about that, how like what they said was you cannot fill up someone's cup until yours is full. And it's not the exact same. But um, what they were talking about was until you're whole or at least trying to be whole, doing something to learn who you are and accept who you are and recognize your worth, which is inherent because you're a human on this earth. You're, you're worthy. That's it. Like no, no other topic technically needs to be talked about. Um, but I spend lots of money on therapy for someone to tell me that, um, <laughs> is until you can, um, uh, recognize that then you're, you're going to have a harder time meeting someone else where they're at or having a meaningful relationship, romantic, platonic, whatever. Um, I still struggle with that. 
I would like to get to a point in life where I don't have to have a self-esteem quote written on my mirror um, and sticky notes everywhere, but it's working. And um, it does feel nice to get to get up and look in my mirror and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not a cocky thing. Um, So before we end here, if you could give one little nugget of wisdom to anyone that's listening. maybe something you've learned a lot in the last like few months or the last year that you could impart upon those who are listening, what would it be? I'm elongating the question because it's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So what's your wisdom? Yeah. Thanks for that invitation. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think we, we quoted it earlier. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is strength. Amen. Vulnerability is, is, is true strength. And, um, <clears throat> and as men, we need to, we need to be able to like feel safe and, and really connect with other men to be able to go there. You know, it, it, you can, you can hear a woman tell you all day, like, be, express your emotions, talk more. Like, mm-hmm. like you, need, you need to get in touch with your feminine, right? But when you get the permission from a man, it's, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and so, as I said before, you're not weak for asking for help. You're not, you're not, they, you're not gay. Um, or if you are gay, that's beautiful too. That doesn't that doesn't matter. I'm just referring to a lot of the straight the straight men in in our in United States in this culture that gets programmed like mm-hmm. oh oh you're gonna you're gonna you you know be a man be a man. That's yeah. just some of the three most like hurtful words that and we and we hear those so young. So shoot like message me reach out like just say what's up i'm just gonna meet you where you're at and uh yeah if you feel like connecting like let's do it bros awesome thank you so much for being here um if you're still listening this has been an incredible time with taylor um he can be found on instagram it's just your name right if you Taylor. Wanna, yeah. Taylor. You can find him on Facebook. If you'd like to connect to your heart and you're looking to find out more information about that journey or get connected, reach out to him. If it would make you feel more comfortable to reach out to me and then I'll reach out to him, whatever, just let's get you some, some assistance on that journey because we can only do this together as a collective unit. I've learned that in my life. Um, And every time I try to do things on my own, I get my ass handed to me. So don't be like me. Reach out for help. Um, If you're a woman and you'd like to be more vulnerable, if you're a whatever you identify as and want to be more vulnerable, send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook and let's get chatting. I could use some more friends in my life that want to get vulnerable and talk about uncomfortable things because that's how we grow. So next week on Control Issues' 18th episode, if I've done the math right, Troy Abrams from Clean Dreams is going to be here. Um, he and I are going to have an incredible time. He He's such a great dude. If you don't already listen to his podcast, go over and listen to Clean Dreams. Um, and then continue to like and follow Control Issues on Facebook. Keep up with the Instagram for more interesting graphic design that I am attempting to do. Um, and I have a website in the works. I started a website today, but it's not live yet because I need some photos. So if you know someone who wants to take photos of me and I pay you in love and compassion, let me know. But anyway, um, thank you, Taylor, for being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening to my rambling at the end. And I hope you all have a wonderful night. Grace and peace, my friends. 